Steve, you just asked me this question, but I'm going to ask you, do you have your sh- shovel ready? I have a couple shovels. So, yeah, I'm ready to go in the snowblower yeah. I checked. So, um, but I think in, uh, there's going to be shoveling early on. I'm going to space it out, get a little aerobic exercise, and do it in, in waves if we get as much snow as they say we're supposed to. I, I don't think I've ever used a snowblower ever. I mean, I also am much younger than you, but I, you know. It's, we're, we're spoiled, I, you know, in the middle of nowhere. I had the snowblower and the tractor and whatever else, so we'll see how it goes. All right, well, good luck with that, Steve. Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with... Steve. Steve. Steve, today on the show we are going to talk about Penn State and their upcoming game with Illinois, which we found out about, a, which feels like about two minutes ago, <laughs> even though it's now Tuesday. Um then we actually have a little bit of news this week to cover. Um, the SEC's contract is now completely going under ESPN, which is a little bit of old news, but new news. Um, and then I wanted to talk about sky cams because they were used in two very interesting ways this weekend. Um, I, I th- thought that we should talk about that. Um, and then you've got a you've got a quiz for me. Um, I'm just You're I'm just not your GPA. It. I think it's going to be a home okay. run to you. All right, I think I think I can do well in this one. I think. So, anyways, well, Penn State has another win. Look at that, three and zero post Thanksgiving national champions. If there was a college football playoff for teams after Thanksgiving, Penn State would probably be the one seed. Maybe I don't know if they'd be the one seed, but hey, another win is another win. And you know what? They like they looked. They didn't. They looked good. They looked bad, but they didn't look bad. And then they looked good. They responded well. And, it, like, that – I don't know. I, that just – that fight in that team didn't show up earlier on in the season. And I think, again, if it had been there earlier on in the season, I don't think they're now three and five. I think it's maybe five and three. Yeah. Yeah. If they'd have played like that early on and, uh, and overcome, overcome some things early on, I think the record would be different. Um, the, the, there were parts of that game last week when you're like, oh, this is just hard to watch. Like, they're, they're going to do this again. Um, and then they, then they did the right things and, and came around and, and did what they were supposed to do, or at least, you know, I guess what fans think they're supposed to do. But, yeah, uh, there's, there's, there feels to be some, some character, some more, some more discipline. I mean, that's a tough thing to say. But, yeah, they're, they're winning. Um, and it felt like they were in a position they should have been winning earlier. I even think that they don't win that game if this is the the sixth game of the season, if that makes sense. I, because I, I don't think that they were – not that they were immature, but I don't think they had learned enough lessons about the team that they were at that point that to overcome kind of that. I think they would have just kind of folded. Um, you know, really other than a, a sloppy second quarter, they looked good. Like they – it didn't – you know, the, there was the Jahan Dotson – uh, punt return, which was was quite great. You know, the offense moved the ball pretty well all day. I don't think that there was a turnover. Oh, uh, there was. I think technically there was, there was the one turnover. Yeah, on the uh, on the interception by Brisker, who he has been playing out of his mind. But that being said, the secondary still worries me. Um, I'm just trying to pull up the stats right now. Um, you know, 394 yards total. Um, and, and Peyton Thorne threw for for 325 yards and three touchdowns. Now he did have one interception, but still, I. Why do you think 
all of the course of my life, I can never remember Penn State ever having a good secondary or even even a great secondary. Why do you think that that is a, a point for Penn State that they've always struggled with? Wow, that's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I would think, and, and this is the time where you think they would have the better athletes, right? I mean, so much was made of, of Coach Franklin and his staff's recruiting and the athletes are going to get better. No, they were always workmanlike slash cliched backfields, defensive backfields. And honestly, the, the best story from an outside source I, I ever had was we went to, to Michigan, gosh, six or eight years ago for a Penn State-Michigan game, and we wanted to go early to go to this, this uh, what was it, a pub, Frazier's Pub in Ann Arbor. Um, and we go in there, and there, there are only four other people in there with us on the other side, and, the, and it turns out they were the broadcast crew for Westwood One. So it was um, the quarterback from Miami, Gino Toretta, who won the Heisman Trophy, okay. right? He's over there with his friends, and my buddy's much more outgoing than I am. He's like, I'm going over to talk to him. I'm going over to talk to him. So he went over to talk to him. He said, oh, you're Penn State fans and whatever else. And they were doing the game. He said, you know, the one thing I loved about Penn State, you know, it was great to play them because we could always find success against their defensive backfield because there was always some slow white guy like Derek Bonner, right? And, and it was apt, right? I mean, it was, they, were, they were workmanlike. They were in the right spots, but they were never going to, unfortunately, or cliched or stereotyped, going to impress you with, with, with their athleticism and, and ball hawking skills. It's really something that, that I just all my life Penn State has struggled with. It's like they've always had a good def- good defensive line, regardless of who the coach was. They've always had a good linebacking core, you know, or at least a, a linebacking core that can show talent. They might not be great every year. And then as soon as you get to the secondary, it's like occasionally you'll get you'll get a Marcus Allen in there, and I think Jaquan Brisker is is up there, and I think some of these other, but there's really never been like a solid secondary and that that was one thing i was thinking about a lot as the game was going on and uh, you know this was the feels like the 10th time this season that they've got picked apart in the secondary by a quarterback who might not be good i mean i don't know i thought the michigan state quarterback was was all right but some of that might just be again a bad secondary um other than that, hey, Will Levis threw a pass, so people can be quiet about that. Um, and it was a it was a pretty nice one, if I remember correctly. And then he also had that one that was like tipped by its own player, caught somebody else caught it, which was pretty impressive. Um, so it's good to see that. Um, I thought Sean played well. Sean played smart. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have a lot of complaints. No, I think the thing that stood out the most about the game, and, and we texted during the game, and, and I forget if you read it, and I followed up. This game, as much as any this year, you knew that the broadcasters weren't in the stadium. You know, oh, and, yes. and it felt like as much of this state season has felt like studio wrestling or bowling for dollars or college football for money, which is what it is. It just it felt that way. They felt disconnected. They there was just no emotion. There were no fans in there again because of the senior day and the Pennsylvania rules related to the virus. But it just it was just a challenge to listen to because that you could tell they weren't there. I think the biggest thing that I've realized given all of this is how sensitive microphones are and how much crowd noise microphones pick up, even the ones from announcers. Mm-hmm. I, I've been thinking about that, like going back to when Doc Emmerich was doing the, the NHL playoffs from his house and you could very clearly tell, and you could tell, one that he's like missing a beat because he wasn't somebody that kind of misses a beat or is slow on it. But two, like there's just no amb- ambiance in there that that kind of adds that 
comfortability. Like, I remember texting uh, someone during the NHL playoffs being like, this doesn't, like, something feels off about this. And I think the, the exact same thought that I had on uh, on Saturday, too. I think it, I think when I texted you, I, I, it was, like, kind of deja vu a little bit. I, You could really tell that. And it, you can tell, like, you can tell they just aren't aware. Like, they don't seem as aware. Like, it's very much like calling a video game or, like, like it's a lot more generic. Other than maybe on the, the touchdown, on the, the, the punt return, there's not a lot of excitement and there's not a lot of, like, criticism. That like Even the film breakdown isn't as interesting. And I hope, you know, I know that that's something that was done before and, and has been talked about prior to all of everything happening this year i really hope that this makes people realize that this shouldn't continue going into the future yeah and it'll be a value proposition for them what they think it's worth you know the big games will have people the smaller games may not i mean i think football will go back and at some point they'll all be there but that's what's missing you're missing the spotter over the person's shoulder pointing something to them so they can be that aware and be on it right away and there's no peripheral vision to see what's happening outside the screen or the other monitors and even if they're working with four or five monitors in the feed it's not all right in front of you, so you got to figure out where, where you're looking to get it. So that makes it feel disjointed. Um, I mean, I, I'll credit the guys who are doing it, the men and women who are doing it. I'm sure it's not easy, but as a, as a, as a consumer of it, you can tell it's different. I also think it's just you come to expect the certain level of quality, especially on an ABC broadcast versus an even an ESPN broadcast versus an ESPN2 broadcast. And it just, I don't know, it just doesn't there. Even on, like, mundane things like a couple flags like like the the graphic would pop up that the flag happened but they wouldn't talk about it because they didn't see it because they were only given that one angle and kind of like when you're like what's the flag for what's the flag for they're normally most announcers will pick it up right away as it happens or close to when it happens they weren't they weren't doing that um so looking forward now um we, we do know who penn state will play in this this ninth game and i would like to say that i called it um, I did a little bit of deductive reasoning, if you will, and, and, and late at night as I was, I was watching more college football, I was like, I don't think that they're going to play whoever they were supposed to play. I think um, they were going to play either Purdue or Illinois, and I, my gut was telling me that Purdue was going to play Indiana, which they're not going to play because of COVID issues, but are you? do you agree with how the Big Ten did this or do you wish they would have did, said one one to one two two three three four four like are you glad that there's no really repeats oh yeah no i'm glad that there's especially in a short and weird season go ahead give us give us a different matchup i mean now again some of them probably are, some certainly aren't going to be played this weekend now as things have played out but i think it was fine i you know i think they probably could have let people know saturday night which would have made a difference but all the teams knew at the same time like that was and Coach Franklin was kind of at the head of the line of, hey, they're not telling us soon enough. Look, BYU and Coastal Carolina figured it out and figured <laughs> out to play in three days, and we got a great game out of it. And you're talking about conference opponents. So it's not like you don't have to, tra- you have to track down film and whatever else. Everybody's in the same boat. Even the teams that were supposed to play Friday night both found out at the same time. So yeah. they both had equal time to prepare. So it could have been better. But, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the way they did it. And I, I think they're trying. Again, it's a challenge for everybody. I... I am glad that they tried to preserve like some of those rivalries. I think, I, you know, I know at Penn State those aren't really necessarily the biggest thing, but when you go out to certain those certain schools, like, like you can buy it, Illinois or it, uh, it, it, 
in Indiana, you can buy a $30 popcorn tub of the old old oaken bucket, which I have one of. That's um, a great thing. And, uh, like, you, that's, like, the, you're never going to be able to find that with, like, a land-grant trophy or a governor's victory bell that Penn State has. It, you know, I, it, so I think I appreciate that the Big Ten saw that those people really enjoyed those rivalries, that and the, the Minnesota-Wisconsin rivalry, and we're like, these games still need to happen. Um, I The schedule has now shifted, and this conversation is mildly different, but boy, am I glad that Penn State wasn't in that 4 o'clock slot on a Friday <laughs> afternoon because exactly. that was uh, that was a little stressful. Like I, You could tell that they put Rutgers in that for a reason, but that would have that would have really annoyed me. Yeah, I mean, I just again, they're 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 filling time slots, peck, making and stuff and stuff we don't know, making up, make goods on appearances, right, to give somebody the X number of games that they were going to get, and they've got to squeeze them in at some time Friday and Saturday, and not put them put them all against other conference championship games. So, yeah, I'm glad Penn State's not there. I, I guess they probably may or may not. I guess they probably won't shift times now. I guess some th- some things still could shake that up, but well, you know, who knows? The the I was looking at this earlier. The FS1 game after our, the Penn State game is was the Colorado and Oregon game, but I don't think that's happening now because Oregon's now in the Pac-12 championship. So I'm wondering, you know, as we sit here on Tuesday night, I'm 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 wondering if it gets bumped back. Um, the one thing I did think about, the Big Ten had to kind of break its own role, which isn't really a role apparently, but the no night games past. Thanksgiving, yeah. like there's multiple light night games, and you could tell. I think they gave the one to, to Rutgers, and then they gave like I think the other one to like Maryland. So they were trying to make sure that like the warm, the warmer client or climates uh, definitely got impacted or, or weren't impacted. Um, so I thought that was interesting. That was something um, that I noticed. Yeah, well, 2020 right, rules, schmules, right? We'll we'll make up and put on whenever we can put anybody on, and I and I do think they do a good job for as much as Penn State fans will will complain. I, I think, yes, they played on the road at night, what twice already on a Friday night, but they're not. Penn State is clearly the, the among among the bluer bloods in the conference that they're not going to make do something if they don't want to, and I think that's on Penn State sometimes to say, hey, we, we don't want to do this, like Ohio State did. Hey, don't stick us on a Friday night. Um, so I think they've been respectful of that, and, and I'll be glad for. I mean, I'll be glad for the regular season to, to be over to see it play out. I mean, I think they'll win, and and then it'll be interesting to see what kind of a decision the players and coaches make Saturday night when they find out their bowl options if they want to pursue that. Yeah, I'm I'm interested by that too, but we'll save that for for next week's show. That's because, great. Gotta have something. You know, gotta have something. Um, so speaking of TV contracts and TV times, um. This week, or last week now, um, the SEC and ESPN agreed to a 10-year deal uh, beginning in 2024 to have the exclusive rights to SEC football and men's basketball. Now, you're asking, Darian, why is that different? Well, now there's, in theory, no CBS game, which is the biggest game in the SEC every week. That opens up a couple things. One, potentially that game is now always a night game or close to always a night game Two, that might bump Penn State's chances back at a night game that throws off a lot of balance in the schedules obviously like the TV contracts do change a little bit over time and you know who knows maybe CBS will pick something up but I just kind of found that interesting I thought it was I think I don't think people realize how much this is going to change the college football media landscape 
because now like everything's on ESPN. Like, yeah, Fox has a couple games, but they're never gonna get the like they're never gonna get a whiteout game. Fox is never gonna get the, the whiteout game unless it's at noon. I now see a lot more SEC games bumping Big Ten games to the side because it is the SEC and they're the higher rated conference um, of any of the conferences. Yeah, I think you know it gives obviously ESPN a lot more, a lot more um, commodity, a lot more games, a lot more inventory to do something with. The dominoes fall right because now you've got Alabama, Georgia, LSU, all these teams who have had primetime games before or the big three thirty slot. And that CBS, the ratings for that CBS 330 game have always been, you know, through the roof. Um, and again, more people have access to, to broadcast network than cable, so, so the, the numbers are skewed there a little bit. Um, but there'll be dominoes for Penn State. I, mean, I think there'll be, it won't be something you notice every year and say, oh my gosh, that's because the, 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 S, the SEC teams here, we aren't getting that. Um, but on a more immediate basis, like for next season, could the, could the Auburn game be the whiteout game, right? Could, could they do that as opposed to waiting for a big conference game and you get this non-conference thing and it, it makes sense to, to, to push them to that, which would be earlier than the season than typical for, for a game for that game. Could that be part of it? Um, I mean, I, I don't know, but the TV networks pay all the money for things to happen. They're the ones who are making the programming happen. So if they say to a school, hey, how about this night game? What if your whiteout was then? They'd be the first SEC's team that came for a whiteout. They'd be all, you know, they're, or it could just be a seven o'clock game on ESPN too. Who knows? Right. Um, So let me let's let's discuss the conference aspect first, or at least the Big Ten aspect. I don't, I don't know. I still think the Big Ten is the Big Ten, and and you look at the the data, if you will, and every year the Ohio State and Penn State game, and every year the Ohio State Michigan game. Although that game's usually at noon, um, and you know whatever combo of that that little triad there, um, those are the highest rated games. You know some of the highest rated games, if not the highest rated games of the year. So I'm interested to see how. It, I don't think it's going to impact those games, but I do think it's going to impact like I don't know if Penn State's going to have maybe like you know that random Penn State Northwestern game at a three thirty. Like I maybe that just goes to a noon. And I feel like that might kind of oh, people happen. would die. Fans I mean, would die if they brought noon games. I know you love home. noon kicks, which at home I actually have discovered that I I like noon kicks more. But you know, in terms of tailgating, in terms of making a day out of it, the the three thirty kicks are my favorite, and I I, I hope that, that that doesn't go away. Then again, how much does this? No, but there, there could be. I mean, they're really. I mean, think about it. Not that it's going to happen. There's going to be a season of, of noon games, right? But if the dominoes fall from from that that piece of your speculation, right? In theory, maybe it moves another game towards a noon slot. If Fox wants to pick up a game, their big game time is noon. Like they they. Well, look at Ohio State this year. That's they've had a lot of noon games, and they draw six million viewers a game whenever they do yeah. it because they're Ohio State and they're good. So. Yeah, it'll it'll be. It certainly is going to impact it. I don't think we know exactly how because the Big Ten, as you said, is the Big Ten. People watch Penn State. If it's good, is Penn State, and people watch. There's an alumni base. People are interested. There's history. Um, but the game of the, I mean, realistically, I've just pulled this. I mean, the game, the game of the year next year at home is Auburn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it it will be the whiteout. I mean, if it's if it's not the whiteout, that's just irresponsible because you're not going to do the whiteout for Illinois in October. You're just not. I mean, it's about the atmosphere, not the opponent. 
But it wouldn't shock me if that Auburn game was the way out that early because the rest of the home schedule is, you know, Ball yeah. State and Villanova, those are wins. Illinois, that's a win. Indiana, that's probably – I mean, like, there's Michigan in November, I guess. But that's November 13th to wait to do the whiteout, which is bigger than the team's record, right. but still late in the season. So lots so, of cool stuff. I love how TV plays in bet. Let's discuss the other aspect to this, CBS. How do you do – you, do you think CBS will get a, a deal? Like, do you think – like, CBS is losing – like, I know they just got the Champions League, but CBS is really losing their appeal for sports. Other than the Masters and, you know – NFL football, like, there's not much reason to turn to CBS. And now there's, unless they get, like, I don't even know what would make me turn to the channel to, channel to watch. Because the only thing that's making me turn to a channel on a Saturday to watch CBS is a SEC game. If they don't have SEC games, like, I'm not going to watch a Pac-12 game unless it's, like, Oklahoma and Texas. Like, yeah. I think they're not in a good place because of No, I think they may uh, rejigger their emphasis um, in one of the NFL packages that comes up to be rebid. It wouldn't, I mean, I guess it would surprise me, but it wouldn't shock me um, if they, they tried to figure out how to get into there. And maybe it's a different day of the week they're doing. But CBS on Saturdays, this is almost 50 years of tradition with the SEC, it feels like. And it's just after the 2023 season, that's it. Um, and that's and those markets watch TV. If you know, and those watch college football on TV. You know, the Birmingham market is always in the top ten for college football, no matter who's playing. Like you find a big game, Birmingham's in the in the top ten right. of watching it. Those SEC and there's probably a couple other cities down there that that watch it to a larger proportion than some other places. So, you know, you're seeding some viewership there, which is cross promotion for other shows. So there's lots of dominoes that fall with this. I don't know the the deals off the top of my head. Um, I really only know the Big Ten one and, to a degree, the SEC one now. But maybe they go after an ACC deal. Like I, That would be the only conference that I see them that's got that wide of a net because they're, they could – Yeah, but remember who owns it. the ACC network. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good <laughs> point. Know, that's the challenge. You know, it, it, it might be maybe the Pac-10. Maybe they do something with, with them. Now, what they could maybe do, and it's not going to get them numbers – but maybe they could do something with the military academies, right? And they get—I don't know where those rights are exactly. CBS Sportsnet had some of those, and they do well, have so, Army. So they have armies, but the American because Navy's in the American. Right. Now I do think they have Mountain West, which is what Air Force is in. But Air Force doesn't draw what Army or Navy draws right. Right. in terms of viewers. Um, now they're going to be scrambling. I mean, this that's is interesting. This is I a didn't, big hit on them. Yeah, they, I. I I'm not going to turn to golf on a Saturday. No, it's college that's, football that's, season. Yeah, that's what they have now. Yeah. That's like truly it. Um, the other one quick aspect that I wanted to discuss of this, and we've talked a little bit about this in the past before, but I think it's kind of interesting. All the one non-conference game a year per school is going to be on ESPN Plus. Do you have ESPN Plus? I do not. See, I, we just got it because of the Disney Plus bundle right but like i'm really interested maybe we can have a a deeper dive on this next week it seems like more and more content is going to be put behind that that wall Mm -hmm. and i feel like espn plus is going to be almost much um, a must-have in the same way that regular espn is if you want to watch sports you know i think that'll be a good discussion because i think that's where they want to move it to um 
So I think that's an interesting aspect. I, I do think I do hear a lot of crotchety old people getting very upset that they have to, to watch a game on streaming um, if in, in figuring out how to make computer works. But you well, know I can connect it to the TV. It's just I get, I, I'm, a, I'm the crotchety old guy that knows that it's, they're, they're paying more, right? Like if, if you look at what my outlay was for cable two years ago and I've cut, since cut the cord and gone to YouTube TV, which I like, and you start adding, do that, and then if I do my add-ons, I'm back at the same place. So it's really hard to not beat the system, to, but to find efficiencies if you want to, if, you, if, right. if sports matters to you. All right. Well, so let's let's save that ESPN Plus. We'll, maybe we'll do that next week. That'll be a good conversation um, because there's a lot there. Um, and let's let's stay relatively in the CBS and SEC <laughs> area. Um, this week and. I was sitting at home and doing what I always do on this weekend, which is watching Army Navy. I was very excited when the Penn State game moved from from three thirty to noon because we wouldn't be head to head. As much as it's not the best game, and this year's wasn't the best game, I, I think it's just much watched TV because it's fascinating television. And there was a lot of fog, so it was making it very <laughs> difficult to be much watched TV. It was and like I watching through a through a. It, a terrarium, right? Like it yeah, was, it was, it was weird. The airplane window. It was weird. And it wasn't until the second half that they kind of figured out how to broadcast that game. And that was with the Skycam. And then later on that night, um, LSU and Florida are playing. <laughs> the same exact dense fog rolls in. And they had to go to the Skycam. And I think you even tweeted or said something like, thank God ESPN realized they needed to go to the Skycam. Like, like this is a good decision and i once again enjoyed my football watching experience far more than i enjoyed watching it from the traditional tv broadcast angle Uh, it was it was when army navy switched it was the best was the best part of my tv sports viewing weekend if not it was top two and i'm not even sure what the other one was like i'm glad they finally decided to say okay this isn't working like this just isn't the, I mean, the guys in the booth could see, which is fine because they're in there, but when you add the lenses and whatever else, they couldn't. And the sky cam view was so much more clear when they went to it with replays. G- give us what's working. Fans, I- I'd be interested to know like what complaints they got, if any, but I think they're much fewer now than they were five years ago. Fans are accustomed to that view. Gamers play their, their football with that view. Um, it was clear. It was, it was closer. It was... It was a better TV broadcast, and I'm glad they did it. And then they did it on LSU Florida as well. Like it, it, to me, that was like, okay, somebody's working and thinking. Whoever made that decision was making the right decision. I, like, to me, it was, it was not only a better broadcast, but specifically for that Army-Navy game, because of the triple option and what they run, yeah. you could, like, you can actually fully understand it, even if you're a much more casual football fan. Like, you can understand why it's impressive or why it does work and why it doesn't work. And I just, I don't know, I, I have long advocated that that should be the primary TV angle. A few years ago when the NFL did it on those Thursday night games and, and pretty much only locked in on that, I was obsessed with it. As you said, this is how everybody in my generation has, has learned how to play or watch football is from that angle because that's how video games are, are, have always been. Other than, like, since Tecmo like that was the last video game that was kind of from that that side everybody else has always been that up and down angle even you know the old nfl blitz video games even were like that and to me that's i just think that that is the 
most important and, and probably the best invention besides replay that's happened in at least football broadcasting. Um, I, I and I don't I, I just wish that somebody would just make the decision to say, you know what, this is how we're going to watch the game. This is how we're going to show the game. Like, and, and people would adapt to it and people would get used to it. I, I think the only tendency, I don't know if it's both, it's, I think it's both, my sense is it's both a tendency and a challenge. The, the tendency with, with the Skycam is to follow the play a little tighter so so you you are right in there and, and mm. that's good, but if you could be back just a, a yard more, whatever the distance it is more, to let the, the plays develop, like it happened with a triple option there against Army Navy, I think that would be better. I don't need to be that close with it. I need to be able to see it. Um, and, and I think if they do that and people get used to it, it, it would work. It would it would become what's what's accustomed. You lose the depth of field, right? You lose you lose the you you lose the yard to gain perception. This is easy to see that fans are probably as used to, but it's really not that hard. And if they can figure out a yellow line and green grass on a high sideline thing, they could certainly figure it out across behind them. And, and I think the cha- the other challenge piece is it's a, it's, it would be different for the camera operator, right? Like those folks that are doing that know what they're doing. But if you're the primary deal, like I think how fast you go to something or how slow it feels like those have a little more give and, and um, ability to be influenced. Like those guy wires coming across that correct that just don't mm-hmm. feel like it's as stable, obviously as if it's sitting on concrete in the press box, looking down right. at something. Um, but again, people would would work, and it worked. I mean, it was what made those broadcasts work this past weekend, and, and more of that would not be a bad thing. Even even in the LSU game, and one thing that you know that that game came down to a field goal, which obviously is, it also came down to a shoe being thrown across <laughs> the field. Um, but one thing that I've that I've become accustomed to this year, um, and, and at least maybe not this year, but in the last few years is the Skycam angle on kicks, on, on field goals. I think that is a much better angle than showing that, that top high end zone angle, that, yeah. like facing the field, because then you can you can really tell when they are, are making or missing and, and what happened with the ball. And I feel like you get a better angle and look at the snap, like, okay, that was a bad snap, that was a bad hold, that was a good kick, he saved that there, and that's why it went through. I, I, I do wish when the, the Skycam is, and I feel like it for the most part is now um, because we've all gotten used to it, but I wish and hope that that continues to be the primary broadcast angle on a, on a kick. Um, and I also do think as dizzying as it can be sometimes on a kickoff, it is, it is still very, it's incredible television when it catches a, a, a kick return to the house yep. because of the way it zips around and, and, and can truly follow the play much like a video game. Right. I think I think you're right. I think it's been a learning curve. I mean, it's been a decade plus probably since it's been there. I mean, the, the Skycam came from the first XFL. I mean, that was one of the first things they brought in and the NFL eventually adopted. But it works. It's better in some instances. It can be better in a lot of instances. And, and it's like anything else. If this is the way you see it, people will get used to seeing it that way. And, and it'll work. Real quickly, um, have you watched it on other sports? I know it's not used a ton in other sports, but have you like baseballs used it a couple times and baseballs like used it? it? I've seen a couple times. I, th- I feel like I've seen some soccer broadcasts. Soccer does it, and soccer is pretty cool. And I think that works well because so, they have to stay yeah. back because the pitch is larger, right? And you got to see the action. 
It's. I will say with soccer, I like it on replays a lot more. Like I wouldn't want to watch a whole broadcast from that. I could watch a football broadcast because of because of the stopping and going mm-hmm. nature of 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 American football. Whereas right. soccer, there's there's nothing but action. Um, I would really. I still know it's very hard to do, and they they've done it for the outdoor games. But I really want to see somebody do it in an inside arena just one time. Like I oh, like cool. I want to see it done in a basketball game or a, 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 in a hockey game because I think that would be a, a fun way to watch hockey. Um, so I mean, CBS did the, the 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 floor cam about five years ago at the Final Four. That thing mm-hmm. that slides along the floor, yeah. um, and they'll do the overtop from a from a dome, right, to give you the overhead look, but not lower right. where you can actually see it. Yeah, yeah especially with basketball when it's in those, it does feel far away. Um, yeah, I think it's just the rigging, right? Like, I think it's just getting it down to that level. Even in right. the hockey arena, right? Like, you could hook it up, but it's, it's not as big a place, and I think the fans might notice it more than they do in football mm, that's in a good terms point. of the space. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Sounds like you got some questions for me. Yeah, so quiz time. I used, it was my turn to give a quiz or a test, and I was like, oh, I'll do some movies and do some movie lines. But that's kind of what I did two or three weeks ago. And I, and I so I got to thinking, like, as we talk about the old and young, it feels like nicknames are kind of an old thing. Like, not that current players don't have nicknames. I'm sure there are many, but I don't know. I just felt like I, I knew some of these names. So I have 10 names for you. 10? All Pennsylvania-related in some way. Okay. Um, sports, uh, famous sports people. Um, yeah, so, and all of these, I think every one but one, their playing days were over before I was born? Perhaps before you were born. Okay. I think maybe before you were born, all this. But I think they are so iconic all right. that you're probably going to know them all. All right. Okay. And these are, these. just so we're clear, these are not like the Philadelphia Phillies. This is like. No, these are like, this, these would be a player for scooter. the Philadelphia Phillies, perhaps, or something okay. like that. Okay. All right. All right. Um, all right. And there's a cross section of sports. I, I think I've got five different sports here, maybe three, four. We'll okay. see who knows. All right. Smoke and Joe. Ooh, no. harder than I thought coming out the gate. Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Frazier? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, the round mound of rebound. Oh, see, you're asking basketball questions. Uh, Charles Barkley. Yeah. All right. Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle, Charlie Hustle. No clue. Pete Rose. Ah. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, no. Let's try this one. This one should have been before you were done, too. The Minister of Defense. Oh, God. I know this one. I, I've heard this one. And Is this... This is a... This is a basketball one. This is not a basketball no. one. No. Is it baseball? It is not a baseball one. All right, then. I don't know. Reggie White. See, that's the Eagles question, though. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna claim geographic bias. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here, here I'll give you another one then. Mean Joe. Okay, that one's easy. Mean Joe Green. Okay. Broadway Joe. Joe Namath. Okay. The Black Mamba. Kobe. Right, because he grew up in Philly. Um, Doctor J. Well, that one. I mean, his. I mean, it's Julius Irving. But okay. Like nobody calls him that. Like that's like, 
Like I've I like I've been like that's Dr. J. And we met him in the Bahamas once at some resort we were walking through and he was walking by and I'm like, That's Dr. J? And he's like, yeah. Yes I am. Um The Cobra. The Cobra. Um This is not a Philadelphia one. The Cobra. How would I This is a random guess. Tom Barrasso? Dave Parker. Oh. I thought he had a different one. No. Nope. He wasn't. Willie Sargent was Pops. Yep. Um, and the last of the ten from Pennsylvania, Chocolate Thunder. That's is, a basketball one. That is a basketball one. Uh, it's not Moses Malone. Um, but that's close. What's same, all? Same team. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Dawkins? Yes, sir. So you got eight out of ten. That's good. That was, that was, uh, you have put a lot of basketball ones and Philly ones. Like, like I was expecting, what? here's what I, who I was expecting. I was expecting Kent Colby to show up on that there with okay. the rubber band man. And I was expecting Willie Stargell to show up with Pops. And I, I feel like that's kind of. What about, this is uh, before you, but we'll see. Donnie Baseball. Don Mattingly. Okay. The Hick from French Lick. Not Jerry Wet. This is basketball. Um, he's got, it's got a, it's not, um, I could, he played at LSU. No, no, no. Other white guy. He played in Boston. Larry Bird? French Lick, Indiana is the hometown, so the oh, Hick right. from French Lick. That's right. Um, I'm, cause I was trying to think, Sweetness? Uh, That's football. Uh, uh, yeah, I see pre you, Walter Payton. Uh, see, that's one sports athlete that like I feel like, are like my generation should be more educated about, but just has like no education. Well, and that was a TV thing. Like that was Walter Payton was the NFC because that was who had the games, and and OJ Simpson was the AFC because that's who had the games, right? So the AFC had the New York market, so it, it felt like, even though they were somewhat contemporary, you know, an OJ was more marketable. I mean, OJ did the Avis commercials and everything else, so he was more prominent. But yeah, I think Walter Payton gets overlooked a lot. Um, and this one's iconic, Mr. October. Uh, Reggie yeah. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I was just digging through Johnson. stuff. So that was very good. I good You show. are right, though. I feel like nicknames are not, like, well, it's That's interesting because guys anymore. brand themselves more now. Like, you know, Tiger Woods, everybody knows Tiger. But, right. you know, it's about the TW. Like, if somebody gets good after a couple years, they all Tom have a Brady's logo on their the shirt. 12. Yeah. Exactly. Like, everybody's yeah, branding that's a very themselves, good but the point. as much. Because, um, like, you know, I mean, Kobe was, was – like, LeBron doesn't really – LeBron is LeBron. I right. mean, you know, most of these guys, like, Patrick Mahomes is to a degree, like, Mahomes – Brady is, you know, Tom Brady, Gronk. I feel like Gronk might be, like, one of the few true, but, like, nobody's got, like, the sweetness nickname or, like, like I feel like that is very much. I do wonder, and this is a little bit of bigger picture thinking, but I do wonder if that comes from the fact that your generation, the only way you got the news early on was from a newspaper, and that's, like, people would, that was another People way would refer. give them a nickname, right, and it ended yeah. up shaping what they became. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that happened, 
even in Roberto Clemente's career, and that was that was pre me. But like, it would be interesting, you know, because that was the the Americanization of his name, right? It, it, it was Bobby or Robert, mm-hmm. like you know, they this was how he was referred to in the Pittsburgh papers, which is interesting to me, and I just haven't read enough about it to know how much that bothered or didn't or whatever, how it got Americanized, you know, those kind of things. So you're right. I think media controlled these, you know, Joe, I'm sure Muhammad Ali coined Smoke and Joe Frazier. Or not Muhammad Ali, um, Howard Cosell. During some broadcast came Smoke and Joe, and that's what it was, and America ran with it. Well, even when you look at sports team nicknames, that's how a vast majority of them, I fell into a weird rabbit hole of why... Iowa State was was called the Cyclones, and it was because they were they were played as a, as a bunch of cyclones, which at the time was the name for tornadoes in Iowa. Right. And, and so, I, like, I feel like that's that's something that's interesting. That's always fascinating. Those rabbit holes are interesting. You start going down them. Oh yeah, it's dangerous. Like we we fell into one. Anna's dad and I fell into one about Bevo the other the other <laughs> week, and like why Bevo's name is Bevo. Right. Um, so which that one. Uh, came may have came from like a slang there's like a bunch of different definitions but anyways all right anything else no not tonight it's good we'll talk bigger team nicknames maybe some point with the yes. with the indians changing and how yes. long kansas city can avoid that and whatever else yeah maybe we'll save that maybe we'll have that for next week well maybe next week should probably be our christmas spectacular special and we already saved something for next week what was it i forget uh, the ESPN Plus. ESPN oh, there we go. Plus. So we'll, we'll, we will discuss that. I'll put that and gifts. We'll give out gifts next week. Yeah, gifts yes. and ESPN Plus. All right. Um, subscribe to us on all of the podcasting services that you're listening to us on currently because you've made it through the 40 minutes, 41 minutes of this show. Um, email us at stuffsummersayspodcast at gmail.com. Maybe we should just make the email shorter. Maybe it should just be like SSSP or something <laughs> like that. I'm sure that's available. Um my Twitter handle is at Stuff Summer Says. Your Twitter, Twitter handle is? At Steve Samsel. There we go. All right. Yes, that next week we will have our Christmas extravaganza spectacular um, where we will not light a Christmas tree. But, you know. Hey, so far ours is still standing with the cat. Hey, so that's, good, that's good news. That's good news. So, all right. Well, thank you for listening this week. Bye. <laughs>